0: Did you miss Canty and
1: Carlin? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Drew Carter, Shay Cornette, back with you, filling in for the guys today. Call in Dr. Pepper. Call in line 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More news out of Washington, D.C. today. More news about Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. And this one was teased as a bombshell that I think probably didn't end up being a bombshell, but still interesting stuff is Carl A. Racine, the D.C. attorney general, came out and talked about the Washington Commanders, and he laid out what he plans to do in the case against the football team. Here's that.
2: We will issue subpoenas. We will seek testimony under oath, deposition. I promise you. Let me just give you a hunch. The depositions not likely to occur on a yacht, but in a conference room in the District of Columbia. Okay, because no one is above the law.
0: Nice
1: little swipe at yacht owning Dan Snyder there from the Attorney General. And if you missed this story, he is suing the commander's owner, Dan Snyder, the commander's themselves, NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell and the NFL for colluding to deceive district residents, the heart of the commander's fan base about an investigation into toxic workplace culture. If all this stuff confuses you join the club. That's how I feel. So luckily Clinton Yates of ESPN is much smarter than I am. And he was at this press conference today with the district of Columbia attorney general. So Clinton, first of all, I saw that uh, he was a little late to arrive. So when was this press conference supposed to start? When did it actually start?
3: That was just me being annoying sitting in that room (laughs) because I was getting tired of waiting. But it probably started about 10 or 12 minutes late. But you said that you think I'm smarter than you. That may be up for debate, but I am not any smarter after leaving that press conference than I was when I got there. I think that what Racine is trying to do, Sidebar, for those of you listening who don't know this, Carl Racine was actually a really good high school basketball player. That's another story. Big deal in the district, former athlete. So he brings a bit of knowledge from the sporting world to this that I think is important because I think what he's trying to do here is align himself with the right side of human beings that say legally and on record, I do not like Dan Snyder. However, in reality, I don't know that a civil lawsuit or civil action Based on a consumer lie is is really sort of at the heart of what a lot of football fans in this town care about so it came across as a little I don't want to say tone deaf because obviously the fact finding mission is important but everybody in the world has a congress has lost some sort of investigation excuse me going on against this team and this kind of felt like a little a little 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 and a little late and We'll see what comes of it. But I thought that line when he said about on a yacht instead of third, I mean, nobody laughed. You know what I mean? So it just kind of yeah. indicates the general level of chaos going on around this football team and what it's got even the city that represents it doing.
4: Okay. Well, you said that wasn't tone deaf, but what maybe was yesterday was the statement that was released, um, Clinton. So I want to go back to that. What was released last night yeah. was almost kind of a teaser of what this press conference is going to be today. And just read really quick this one sentence: Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on her team was shot multiple times in broad daylight, despite the, despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C. Today, the Washington Commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. Okay. So perhaps that maybe we. could classify as a little bit tone-deaf, what did you make of that statement and now how everything has come full circle over the last 24 hours?
3: Well, that statement was more than tone-deaf. That was ghoulish, for lack of a better term. I mean, I don't (laughs) think that you make reference to somebody getting shot, um, especially if you don't really understand how the legal system works. The AG does not investigate violent crimes on a basic sort of legal level. Um, So that didn't even make sense. And, you know, on another level, too, it just shows how sort of defensive and litigious everything has become around this general, um, franchise. And like, you know, look, you can say what you want about how all this franchise deserves, or rather all the fan base deserves is the franchise that's willing to give them a chance. But like, man, it's just headline after headline after headline and nobody can get out of their own way. It was pretty much indicative of what this team has been about for the past 25 years, man. They just don't know how to operate as a professional operation and even their own guys. They can't seem to find a way to not throw under the bus in situations in which they're trying to defend themselves from what are reasonable and likely questions.
1: Talking with Clinton Yates here, who was at the press conference in which the D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine announced that he was suing the Washington commanders, just like everyone else. I think instead of commanders, they should have named themselves the Washington defendants because they get sued (laughs) more than anyone, I think, in the world. So, Clinton, from a, a big picture perspective, you know, we saw the story a few days ago about how Dan Snyder is considering Potentially selling part or all of the team. Do you think this affects that
3: potential sale at all? I don't. And the question was asked: If he sells the team, does this does this lawsuit go away? And I was and Racine said no. Goodell is named as a Goodell is named in the lawsuit. Snyder is named in the lawsuit. So even if either of their roles change they are still um, being accused by the city. Now, I will say this more largely. This is kind of my point about what this lawsuit is. Nobody here cares about basically what happens until we know that this team is getting sold. And by we, I mean residents of the area. I'm not a fan of that team anymore for a lot of different reasons, but nothing is going to move the needle That does not involve Daniel M. Snyder releasing control of this team in full. And so while it is important, again, to tell the stories of those who felt they were victims of a terrible workplace culture, never mind sexual harassment and abuse, sure, that is part of it. That has been done in in certain channels. But overall, not a lot is going to get people excited unless they hear about either A, a new stadium, or B, a new owner. And B, is not happening without A.
4: Clinton, just like just from your perspective here, and all of these things that have gone on—not even just in the last 24 hours, but in the last couple of months—and and the way things are trending there in D.C., I know you don't have a crystal ball, and I know you don't know everything, but like, how, when and how does this end? Like, where are we going with all of this? Because I have fatigue of the Washington Commanders, and I am certain that many people do. Like, where when is this going to end?
3: So. I used to write for the Washington Post and we used to do chats and
4: somebody asked me about
3: mm, 10 years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, if I thought that the franchise would change the name and if I thought they'd ever be sold. And I said, I think the franchise will change the name in the next 10 years and here's the reason why I said, I think Tanya Snyder, Dan's wife is going to be the one that convinces him to do so. I was a little bit wrong about that particular part, but they did change the name in this case. However, i do think there's something to be said for his family and general life where it's like yo bro your wife is getting booed at your own home games and i'm not saying that's a reason to just up and sell but if you can get seven billion dollars for something that is not a good product in terms of the on the field situation does not render, uh, lend uh itself to you getting any favors socially you hide out on a yacht in the mediterranean for half the time and then you show up to your rival's football stadium in order to try to get some face time like dude Tell the team and get on with your life. I think that's right. really where this is going to end is that somebody in his life who's close to him is going to have to convince him, why are we doing this at all? You could just be an everyday billionaire. And that's where this gets difficult. I think if the league starts to put pressure on him, this could happen sooner than we think, and I think that we're closer to that. Now, I will caution all football fans, never mind Commanders fans, new owners do not necessarily mean good football teams. Running an NFL operation is, in fact, very, very difficult, as proven by this particular scenario. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this has moved exponentially faster than it moved in the previous fifteen years, but I do think that there's going to be some hang ups there because ultimately if Dan was really interested in getting out of town and just being a regular guy, he would have done that years ago and not much has changed in the last five to ten I don't know, five to ten days, five you know, whatever, two to five years, outside of people publicly saying, Hey man, we don't like you.
1: And what's frustrating Clinton is no matter how badly he's been as the team owner, which is as bad as imaginable, he's still going to get a stupid return on his investment when they do sell the team, which might go for 6 to yeah. $8 billion. But on the way out here, you mentioned you're not really a fan of the franchise anymore. What would it take for you to be a fan again? Is it just Snyder selling the team, or does something else have to happen?
3: Well, yes and no. I mean, I moved, and, you know, part of this whole thing is this is a team of my youth. I was first introduced to the NFL as from a fan standpoint in the 91-92 season. I was 10 years old. My dad took me to every single home game and two playoff games that year, and they won the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. I don't know that just from a life standpoint there's anything that can recreate the experiences I had as a young man. Sean Taylor passed away. He was my favorite football player ever. And now it's kind of in, um, you know, it's like I said, it's in the teams of my youth basket. That said – there are many humans here who will never, ever stray from the Burgundy and gold. And that's why, on some level, I kind of root for them, those fans, because I think that they deserve it and they're loyal. However, they've been mistreated by one of the worst owners, if not the worst owner in the history of American sports.
1: That's Clinton Yates coming to us from D.C., where Dan Snyder has been sued again as he tanks the commanders. At least his yacht is still afloat. Thanks, Clinton. <laughs> no problem, gang. All right, Clinton Yates with some good stuff from the District of Columbia. We'll see how that plays out, if it actually affects Dan Snyder's eventual sale of the commanders. This is Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drew Carter, Shea Cornett filling in. Coming up, should an NFL team actually tank the rest of the season? And I've got a philosophical playoff NFL question I'm going to throw at Shea. That is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app
5: Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Did you miss and Carlin?
1: Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. No Canty, no Carlin today, but it's all good. Drew Carter, Shea Cornette filling in for the guys right now. If you want to call in, use the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're coming down the home stretch now of the NFL season. We're past the halfway mark, and it's time to start thinking about Playoff ramifications of some of these games, including the one tonight. But first, Canyon Carlin is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. Proud to serve members of the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at navyfederal.org. So, Shay, this game tonight, an interesting one. The Falcons are tied for the lead in the NFC South at four and five, a Sterling four and five record, tied yeah. with Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They play the two and seven Panthers, who are also somehow. Still in the hunt. And my question to you is, if an NFL division champion finishes with a losing record, should they still make the playoffs?
4: Uh, Yeah, because that's the way the rules are set up. But in, is that uh, right? And And no, not really, especially when you have some divisions, let's just say like the NFC East. Where or the AFC East, where you're going to have more than one team or more than two teams, even with winning records, it's not necessarily fair. But life's not fair. I mean, this is just the way it's set up. I don't. <laughs> but say, they oh, can yeah. make the rules. They can change I mean, the rules. It, but why? Life should just, be fair. It, it But why? Because everything's so cyclical in life. Like it, next totally. next season, that division could be so much better. So to me, I, that doesn't really matter. But I, I will say that the Panthers are an intriguing. Situation, considering I know that they're at the bottom of the league and and they have two wins on the season. Great. They stink. I mean, they're bad. (laughs) They got rid of Christian McCaffrey. The quarterback carousel continues to turn there in Carolina. They fired their head coach already. But yet two wins doesn't seem like it's so far out of the reach to still have a playoff appearance, which is insane. And obviously this Carolina Panthers team is going to play tonight against the Falcons, who have looked much better than I think any of us thought they would look this year. But, like, I wonder if the Panthers are doing too much yet again. First of all, it's the same story, different year with the quarterbacks. We are seeing – last year I remember being incredibly frustrated with the way it was handled with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. And now all of a sudden, like we saw last week, it's a little bit more of the same. P.J. Walker benched in the first half after giving up like 80 gazillion points to the Bengals. (laughs) And they bring in Baker Mayfield to save the day. And he kind of did, but the damage was already done and he couldn't come all the way back. And so now you're paying Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold all this money. These are two guys that are going to be active now. It sounds like going forward for the rest of the season. Yet still, you're starting PJ Walker, and like from my where I sit, and again, I don't have inside information, Drew, but like from where I sit, I wonder if they almost did too much last week. Like, hey, you guys are bad, and maybe you need to either find the answer at quarterback, or you're going to ride Matt Corral, or I don't know what, but you're investing way too much money into that position to not be good at it. And so, why bring in Baker Mayfield in the second half to try and resurrect your team? Is it because maybe you still feel like you feel like you might have still a shot at this division because it's so putrid? Sure, then that makes sense. But if not, are you doing too much in the fact that maybe you should just ride with P.J. Walker and forget about Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and at this point try and keep them healthy and rehab them so that maybe you could trade them away and actually get some assets for them? I don't know.
1: I, I think the answer, Shay, to – why they brought Baker Mayfield in is because they have a vacuum of leadership right now. Uh, they let Matt rule go who they gave too much power in the first place. Uh, their owner, David Tepper is a classic meddler who has done too much ever since he bought the team and has gotten himself, gotten himself in the pot way too much for them to actually feel confident in who is leading this franchise. They don't have a head coach. They have Steve Wilkes as the interim who obviously if you're Steve Wilkes. You're just trying to win football games, and he probably felt like Baker Mayfield gave them the best chance to make a miraculous type of comeback in that game against the Bengals. What they need is a clear direction and to think about the future, and if they were doing that, they would be trying to lose. As crazy as that sounds and as as foreign as that probably is for football players, what they need to do is think about long-term, and long-term, you're right. They need to close this revolving door at quarterback and find the answer. Whether or not that's Matt Corral, we have no clue because he's out with a foot injury. He won't play as a rookie. But to have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold both making a lot of money on this roster and to have zero idea if either one of them is the answer is a monster failure, and I think it starts at the top.
4: And it's, again, it's year two of the same nonsense with the same position. Like, you get get a year... Maybe two to figure it out, but to do the, exa- I mean, what is the definition of insanity doing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again? We're literally seeing it happen in real time yet again. And then tonight, like Falcons at Panthers, it's going to be a slot fest. The hur- I think remnants of the hurricane there are, are, are going to be in effect. So it's going to be rain and a mess. And so what are you going to do? Are you Are going to play P.J. Walker? Are you going to bring in Baker Mayfield again? If he plays poorly, I-, I believe Sam Darnold's activated now, isn't he? I'm not sure. But then are you going to go to – like, I'm done with this. So pick a direction. If you're going to tank, stick with P.J., ride it out. If he turns the ball over 85 times, who cares? Like, you've already sold away Christian McCaffrey. You got rid of your head coach. Like, you need a direction, and that is something this Carolina Panthers team has been lacking in a big way for a long time now.
1: Right. Yeah, they have no direction. They are – Absolutely rudderless at the moment. I actually think P.J. Walker might give them consistently the best chance to win, uh, which is Fair. probably a reason not to play him. Although, last time out, it, it was not really a fault of anyone offensively. It was more so the defense. They, they mm-hmm. gave up 35 points in, in the blink of an eye against the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon probably scored more touchdowns in that game than any Panther has scored for oh. the entire season. So so it's for true. Carolina, I mean, they they should probably just – pack it in and and move forward and focus on what's a really good and deep quarterback class in the NFL draft but I also think if you're a Panthers fan you probably want to know what you have in Matt Corral Uh, and and they're gonna have to wait another season to figure that out unfortunately because he is injured I figure I figure at this point if he weren't injured uh, they probably would have given the youngster a chance but we shall see the only thing I really want to find out tonight is whether Al Michaels retires before this game because the Thursday nighters have been Pretty brutal.
4: They have they they have been brutal, but they all come with storylines, and it's still the NFL, so we still watch. It doesn't matter. But man, Thursday night football can't catch a break. Like these games, they're so bad. But but uh, yeah, we'll still be tuning in, Drew. I mean, that's what happens.
1: We're all we're all held hostage. The NFL has us by handcuffs. We're tweeting this game is so bad. Why do I have to watch this? Well, we yeah. don't, but we kind of do, do because because right, it's the exactly. NFL and exactly. the NFL is always appointment television. Coming up on Kenny and Carlin, we're talking gambling and why Josh Allen might move the needle more than anyone in the NFL that's coming up next but first Shay has this
4: football season is underway so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's free bets back if your first bet does not win just sign up with promo code play the app is safe Secure and easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Sign up today with promo code play for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
6: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI
5: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. No Canty, no Carlin, Drew Carter, Shea Cornette filling in, but you can still yell at the co hosts if you want to. Dr. Pepper, call in line is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 three seven seven six and now calling in is tyler fulgham espn sports betting analyst to break down the nfl and a whole lot more tyler fulgham soft g my apologies tyler not not a great start that's on me my bad
7: That's all good. Did Shea uh, tell you how to pronounce that? Shea and I-, I go back to our Chicago days together. How are you doing, Shay?
4: Hey, buddy. I knew, I knew I'd knew i get thrown on their bus somehow. You know, I should have warned <laughs> him. I should have warned him about the G, my bus. Yeah, so
7: well. it, it's hazing or shazing. Right, sure, Drew, you're not the first and you won't be the last to do that. <laughs> all
1: right, Tyler. Well, now that we have that out of the way, let, let's talk a little wagering some games of chance. Josh Allen's MVP odds. Have now become a little longer. He's no longer the favorite to win the MVP. He has not practiced this week. He's got an elbow injury. He's questionable to play this weekend against the Vikings. My question for you, Tyler, is does any player in the NFL move the needle or move the line more than Josh Allen?
7: Uh, Yeah, I think it's a guy who I would vote for MVP, even if Josh Allen had not uh, had this injury. And that's the quarterback in Kansas City, guys. Have we forgotten about Patrick Mahomes and what he does to move the needle, what he does? For that offense, I mean, think about this, okay? If I ask you guys to name who's going to be the offensive player of the year, we know MVP is a quarterback, but offensive player of the year, I think Tyreek Hill is going to get a lot of love in that department. He might have the first ever 2,000-yard receiving season. We've seen what he's done for Tua Tagovailoa and that Miami offense. So you take a player of that caliber out of Patrick Mahomes' offense, away from KC, and yet Mahomes is still quarterbacking the offense that scores the most points per game? that has the most efficient offense in the NFL in terms of EPA and is the most ruthless passing attack in the NFL in terms of yards per game and passing EPA. So that, to me, signifies the value that Patrick Mahomes has to the Chiefs and to this league. He is a guy who I would vote for right now, I would buy and bet on right now, and unless he gets hurt, I think he's going to win that MVP trophy, even if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles keep winning almost every single week.
4: Yeah, okay. Uh, Tyler, the, the thing with Josh Allen, though, him missing a second straight day of practice now, this, like, becomes bleak, like, when he's coming back, is he playing this weekend, next weekend, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, okay, let's let's go to the, the, a game this weekend that's being played overseas. Let's just jump, like, way ahead yeah. because I'm, like, confused sure. by this whole situation. So the Bucks win one uh, against – Against the Rams, your team in kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. fashion, but they, they still get a W. <laughs> Yet they have to go overseas and play in Germany, and they're actually favored against a team in the Seahawks that's leading their division. Explain, please.
7: Yeah, that that was kind of the game uh, last week between my Rams and the Bucks that I called the officially on life support bowl. If you lost, <laughs> and my Rams are officially on life support, so Tom Brady and the Bucks have have life, um, especially because that division uh, is not that good. I, I, I'm i not sure I understand this line. And sometimes when, the, when you see a line like that, um, it, it's best just to stay away. I know a lot of people are going to want to bet the Seahawks, um, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, what I would do is probably just stay away from that game, attack the prop market. I know Tom Brady's going to throw the ball about 40, 50 times, so I would play his pass attempts over. Um, I know that the Seattle Seahawks um, have now Geno Smith, who can throw the football well and – Two capable receivers in Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. We can't really run the football against the Bucks because of that defense, so I might think about playing some Geno props over. Um, to me, that is confusing, Shay. Um, I think the Buccaneers <laughs> were lucky to escape with that victory at home against the Rams, and if they were, instead of being four and five right now, if they were three and six coming into this game, I wonder if the Seahawks would be favored.
1: Not as confusing as Syracuse <laughs> catching a touchdown at home against Florida State this weekend, but uh, we can talk about that later. He we can't do have,
6: let it, go. We, we can't do let it
1: have, go. we do have an NFL game tonight, and it's from the NFC South, the Falcons and the Panthers. What do you like tonight, Tyler? What stands out on the board?
7: I like for it to be wet and windy. Apparently, there's going to be a lot of rain and some uh, wind gusts up to 20, 25 miles an hour. Uh, I think both teams are going to try and really run the football. Uh, that's what Atlanta does best. Um, and Carolina's got a, a, a poor rushing uh, defense. So playing that total under 41-and-a-half with two quarterbacks who, you know, Marcus Mariota's done a good job, but he's certainly not, you know, explosive or dynamic. And the same for P.J. Walker, who's had some moments, but uh, got yanked for Baker Mayfield last week against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So I don't know if you can really trust either quarterback. I know you can trust that Falcons rushing attack. Arthur Smith's done a great job there. Um, so I would lean to Lane, the two-and-a-half with the Falcons, since it's under um, a field goal, even though they're on the road. I do think they're the better team, and they, they did cover their first six games of the year. I know they haven't covered in three straight, but this is a team that, by and large, for the most parts of season, has um, exceeded expectation in terms of uh, covering the spread. So uh, I, I like them minus two and a half. I think it's a lower scoring game, so I'd go under 41 and a half as well. There's a few player props. If we got some time, I can throw your yeah, words. Let's, well.
4: let's go, Tyler. Give me those player
7: props. All right, Cordero Patterson, CPAT, I think he's going to get a heavy workload. We saw him come back immediately and have a really good performance against the Chargers. They have a poor run defense. Carolina also a poor run defense. So over 13-and-a-half rushing attempts, over 57-and-a-half yards. I think that's going to be a couple popular plays with CPAT. And I, this one's kind of crazy. Call me crazy here. Sometimes you just got to be crazy because a crazy bets win, you know. Sometimes the entire world's on one side and the other side wins. I know PJ Walker just got pulled for Baker oh, yeah. Mayfield last yes. week I know it's gonna be wet and windy
8: yeah give it to but
7: us. his pa- his passing attempt prop is 25 and a half so I'm gonna go over that he's only got to throw 26 passes and if they're trailing in this game like I think they will be um and Car- Atlanta's pass defense is the worst 32nd in the NFL uh hopefully if Caroline's got some smart coaches they'll actually let PJ chuck the ball a little bit to uh DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr.
1: All right, Tyler going off the board a little bit with P.J. Walker over pass attempts the week after. He got pulled in favor of Baker Mayfield.
4: In rain and wet. you got to be yeah. the per,
1: first person to advise betting on a guy who got yanked for Baker Mayfield the week yeah. before.
7: Yeah, and, and, and Shay's right. In the, those weather conditions, perhaps I'm an idiot. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Or perhaps I'm a savant. Yeah. That would be I, the first time. I, I,
4: I, like, <laughs> I like going out on, on a limb, you know? Maybe P.J. Walker's mad, chip on his shoulder, bounce back week. I, yeah. I like it. I like it.
1: Made the public. That's what the Sharps do. Tyler Foljum. thanks so much for joining us. Good luck tonight, man. Yeah, you
7: guys enjoyed the game. Thanks for having you, me
1: on. Buddy. All right, that's Tyler Foljum, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Coming up on Candy and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance, is an NFL rookie already the best player at his position in the entire NFL? And who would you take first from the quarterbacks of the 2021 draft class? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Carlin. It's time for Canty and Carlin's Pacey NFL segment. Canty and
1: Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Drew Carter, Shea Cornette filling in for the guys. But the Pacey NFL segment remains. This is the only radio segment where someone will use the word Casey, and that is a promise. And to MC this event, let's go to our producer extraordinaire Evan Wilner.
8: Alright, let's get started with the Jets. That's my team. Is Sauce Gardner already the best cornerback in the NFL, Shay?
4: Um, I don't know if he's already the best cornerback in the NFL, but he's definitely on his way. Um, and I love everything about this dude. He has made this Jets defense have an identity he has made them winners he's got a swagger about him that's cool um I don't know if I can crown him the best in the NFL just because he is a rookie and he's so young and and the Jets are you know still on their way but I I love Sauce Gardner and he's going to be a great player for that franchise for years to come
1: I'll crown him I say he is the best cornerback in the NFL it's fitting that the Jets have the best cornerback in the NFL instead of Revis Island it's Sauce Island I an (laughs) eagle For my money, the best NFL broadcaster there is said, that pass is incomplete. He got lost in the sauce, and I love it. It's a great – it is a great sentence for a play-by-play guy to say. Sauce Gardner, the number one cornerback in the NFL. Why not?
8: Shea, is Justin Fields the best quarterback from the 2021 draft class?
4: Oh, Come on, this is a layup. Oh, of geez. course he is. Of course he is. And the you know objective, the, Shea. But here, but here's the thing. I don't know that I would have said that a year ago. I think maybe many of us would have thought it was going to be Mac Jones. And now that's almost insane, um, thinking the way that that has shifted this year. Um, I think they've given him help. They've given him opportunity. And now this, this Bears team is obviously – trying to figure out what they have on the offensive side of the ball. And they've given him free reign to use his legs, which he wasn't able to do. And so I think that that narrative has changed a lot over the last two, three weeks. And good for Justin Fields. His athletic ability was never in question. We knew this when he was coming out of Ohio State. But now that we're being able to see it at this level against elite teams and elite defenses and him figuring this out in real time, this is all you wanted if you're a Chicago Bears fan. I didn't, I didn't care what the record was this season. I just wanted to see progress on the offensive side of the ball. The identity of the Chicago Bears is changing because of Justin Fields. It used to be defense, run the ball, shaky quarterback play. That was our identity in Chicago for years and decades. Now – It's a really good offense that's trying to put a point and have tempo and have a solid run game that's dictated by their quarterback. Not something we're accustomed to, and that's because of Justin Fields. By far the best quarterback in that rookie class.
1: I'm with you, partner. I wish I could say, like Keyshawn Johnson, that I said he was the best quarterback in the class before the draft, actually during college football season. But as a big college football fan, I definitely thought he was at least second behind Trevor Lawrence. And the fact that he fell to 11 was always crazy and it has proven to be crazy as I I agree I think Fields is the best quarterback in that class Evan let me turn the tables on you as a Jets fan Zach Wilson or Trey Lance who would you rather have Trey Lance I mean, he's played like 10 snaps.
4: I know. that's. Can I just ask a question? Can I say something, though, about, about the Trevor Lawrence situation really quick? I know this is supposed to be pacey, but going back to it, <laughs> like Trevor Lawrence is still making the same mistakes he made at the college level. And I think that's why I feel like Justin Fields is the answer here, because he's a he's growing and he's evolving. Trevor Lawrence hasn't really. And I know he had a, a bad shake with the head coaching situation. So we did in Chicago, too. So, to me, that's why this is so obvious. Okay, go ahead. Uh,
8: if Josh Allen misses significant time, who will win the MVP, Drew?
1: Well, I think Tyler was onto something with Patrick Mahomes in the last segment, but because that feels like a layup, it feels like too easy of an. It feels like a Patrick Mahomes three yard conventional pass. Let's make it a little more difficult, like he does when he goes sidearm, like through the legs, behind the back, without even looking at his receiver. Let's make it a little more difficult, go dark horse here. How about Tyreek Hill? I think Tyreek Hill should have a legitimate case at NFL MVP. We talk about the Dolphins and Tua turning a corner this season. Tyreek Hill, to me, is the biggest difference. He is one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen. So, yes, Mahomes is the easy answer, but out of the box, Shay, I'll go Tyreek Hill.
4: You can can have Tyreek Hill. I'll take Jalen Hurts. Look, it's the lone unbeaten team in the league. Um, And a big reason why is because of him and his progression. He ranks in the top six in in the league in yards per passing attempt, completion percentage, passer rating, interception percentage. I could keep going. Um, And the fact that he's not the favorite right now is mind-blowing to me. Yes, I, I know Patrick Mahomes is wonderful and great and all the things that he does for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Jalen Hurts is different and this team is undefeated and that is really hard to do at in the national football league so i'll take Jalen hurt all day
8: my money's on micah parsons <laughs> okay. no literally my no money, like literally your money <laughs> like yes. can't you convince me to put my money on micah parsons <laughs> well hey, that's your, your first
4: problem you shouldn't listen to them all right go ahead
8: are the cowboys speaking of are the cowboys the biggest threat to the eagles in the nfc drew
4: yeah, I think
1: so. And, you know, as, as jealous as I am of Shay talking about her hometown team glowingly with Justin Fields and the Bears, as a Minnesota guy, I'd love to say it's the Minnesota Vikings. But even I don't believe that, even though they've only lost one game and have the second best record in the NFL. You look at the advanced metrics, which we love to do on this show. The Vikings are 18th in DVOA, which is basically an efficiency metric that looks at margin of victory. And the Vikings win every game by one score. That's why they're so low in that. Dallas is third with the number one defense and also a top 10 offense. I do think the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. Shay.
4: So that would be easy for me to agree with you on. I'm going to go Seattle. I, wow. I'm gonna go, I think I'm going to go Seattle. Wow. How the narrative and
1: has changed around. I know,
4: Seattle. I know. And you know what? Um, I, I could very well change my mind in like five days time, but I, I'm going to go Seattle here, especially if they find a way to beat Brady and the Bucks overseas and, and the Cowboys, maybe they stub their toe a little bit this week. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but maybe they don't look as dominant against the bad Green Bay Packers team. I, I, I think Seattle is really good, and they're really good offensively. And, yeah, I'll go Seattle a, as the team that I think might have the number of, of the Eagles later on.
1: All right, Shay, with that in mind, let's go back to the last question. Could Geno Smith win the MVP?
4: No, i comeback come back Player of the Year is about all the awards he's going to get. Oh, so. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Don't count him out. I mean, if they keep winning, he's been awesome this year, Evan.
4: I think Pete Carroll, Coach of the Year, like those, that's more the wheelhouse. MVP, no. Because it's because of his play. Like, he's got Tyler Lockett, and he's like he's got so much help. DK Metcalf, like you can go yeah. on and on. Their, their rookie class is unbelievable for the Seahawks. On both sides of the ball. No, uh-uh.
8: Name a team outside the top seven in their conference right now that will make the playoffs, Shea. Mm,
4: okay, hold on. Let me pull up the standings. One minute. True. go ahead. Outside the top
8: seven? No, go ahead, Shay. Shay, you, go like, no, no, Shay. Oh, Shay you go first.
4: He's like, no, no, Shea. you go first. That's going to make the postseason? What would you say? Yeah. Uh, that will make outside the Outside top
8: seven will make the postseason. Mm. You can phone a friend. Ask your husband. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to.
4: No, I don't want to phone a friend. That's not what I want to do. Uh, I will go as uh, Chargers out of the top seven. One, two, three, four, five, nope, six. Nope, there are 7 There's seven. They're seventh. I'm not going there. Then <laughs> uh, I'll go Falcons. Pass. I'll go, Falcons. There we go. Falcons. I'm gonna go Falcons um, because I think they're I think they're gonna win the division. So I'll go Falcons in in a crappy division, and I think they'll be bounced early and get embarrassed. But I'm gonna go Falcons.
1: Win the division, huh? Over over Tommy touchdown and the Tampa Bay yep. Buccaneers. Okay, not their year. All right, uh, I'll go way off the board. Indianapolis Colts. You guys see Jeff Saturday's press conference when he was introduced as the interim head coach? I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Give me the Colts to make the playoffs. Why not?
8: All right, last one. What's the best fit for OBJ, Drew?
1: I feel like Green Bay would have been the easy answer a couple weeks ago, but they've been so bad, I'm going to audible to the Kansas City Chiefs who could always oh, use more weapons. Jay, what do you think? The rich get
4: richer? Yeah, sure. I'm right going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, if they can find a way to work him in, I think they were adding Christian McCaffrey. They just have weapons aplenty. And so I actually think OBJ just adds a little oomph to their postseason. Neither so have you
8: said the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. No, Pace NFL the NFL
1: segment is over. We've got 44 <laughs> seconds. Does that fix the Bucks? That's next.
0: And Carlin weekdays on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus
6: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing and creative legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.